Welcome in the Can You Fantasy Football Podcast. It's good to be back. Your hosts, Cody and Nick. Yeah, Al uh, is out today. He's got a late hockey practice, and it's his beautiful wife's birthday tomorrow. Happy early birthday, Morgan, uh, or happy birthday when when everyone's listening to this. Uh, so Al is, is going to be out uh, this week. He's got some stuff to do. Uh, you know, maybe he'll get in a little more deer hunting, Cody, walk around the woods a little bit. You know, he's not sitting in a stand though. No, he's still walking. I think he's actually wandering around and it's, it's dark out now. You can come out of the woods, Al. Come on, buddy. It's time to come home. <laughs> uh, he's going to wander around for a little bit. You know, it's always when you see the biggest deer too, right at dark or right after dark. And, but you can't get a shot in cause uh, you know, you can't shoot a deer after dark, but. Uh, yeah, so we're missing, we're missing Al, but we've got our fearless leader, Cody back from his long hunting trip. So Cody, how'd it go? Oh, it came and it went, uh, today is Tuesday, November 16th. By the way, we're still in hunting season last week. I put 75 hours into my deer stand. So I was sitting down a majority of the time, Nick, I'm a, I'm a pretty avid hunter when it comes to sitting from start to finish from before it gets light out. So like you said, those big deer can come wandering through right at dark opening day. Sure enough, I got to my stand about a half hour before, before shooting uh, light and a big deer walked right by. I couldn't see it, but uh, it walked right by me and it was loud because there still wasn't snow on the ground. By the way, for those who of our listeners who are, are tuning in, we hunt in Northern Minnesota. There was over a foot of snow that dropped within 24 hours. It was miserable. I got very wet and that makes hunting less fun, but I did see 14 deer and it, uh, it was enjoyable. You know, I, I was actually the, the only, everything's a blessing and a curse. I'm actually a, a big Garth Brooks fan and there's a documentary on Netflix. He actually talks about this all the time. I'm showing Nick with my hands, but he always says this, he's like blessing everything in life. is a blessing and a curse. And he uses his hands to go in and out. And, uh, this is definitely one of those things where, uh, I, I didn't have service when I was in the woods. It was a blessing to step away from reality for a week and just go off the grid. It was a curse because I happened to start and did not start some players in week nine, like Christian McCaffrey was on my bench because I didn't know he was playing. Kyler Murray was in because I didn't know he was not playing. Uh, so those, those are some of the mistakes you can make if you don't have service, Nick, and it's tough. <laughs> you got to get one of those those big satellite phones like they had in, uh, in Jurassic park. So you sit out in your deer stand. I'll, I'll give you a call on Sunday morning, Cody. Hey, uh, you got to get McCaffrey in your lineup, except, you know, if you're playing me, of course, I'm, I'm not going to be able to, to help you out on that. Although I I'll admit this. I was playing against our good friend, Larson, the saxophone player from our awesome intro music this weekend. And he was up at his deer shack. And he started Elvin Kamara and he doesn't get service. So I'm thinking, oh, this is great. I'm going to beat him. Well, he still beat me. It's, it's embarrassing to admit, but my team completely just took the week off. And even with Elvin Camaro getting him zero, he still beat me this week. So it happens, I guess. I can just picture this just sitting in the woods, all quiet. My, my mother, by the way, bless her heart is all about the walkie-talkie when we're in the woods because we don't get service. Oh, my God. Are you so, serious? Oh, yeah, the walkie-talkie. <laughs> we, need to, we need to check in at 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock, you turn on the walkie-talkies, and 
and see if anybody around you is, is shooting. And so at about nine o'clock, you turn on your walkie-talkie. And of course, we have the old school ones. Uh, she went and invested in a new pair that go in your ear. Uh, but yeah, you're sitting there in your deer stand. And you're like, I really don't want to do this. Whatever. You turn it on. You kind of muffle the sound, hold it up against your jacket. And all of a sudden, at about nine o'clock, rings. Hey, hey, have you have you seen anything? Have you heard anything? And it's just this loud, this loud noise. Actually, the one that I had was beeping. It was like, Bloop. every time you like click the button to to talk. Bloop, bloop. Mom, so all the mom, all the deer are just gone. Mom, it's Cody. Over. <laughs> I haven't seen anything. Over. Uh, yeah, it's like we. I literally hunt two hundred yards away from your stand. You would know if I shot. <laughs> Well, oh. back when I deer hunted, I hunted like 200 yards from Al's stand. And every time someone near us shot, the, he called me and was asking if it was me too. And I did the same thing to him. So you just get excited out there in the woods. It is fun. Uh, we enjoy, we enjoy hunting. Uh, you know, we, uh, speaking of hunting, I, I called my shot. I took my shot and not at a deer, of course. I took my shot at Jacoby Myers getting a touchdown in week nine. And that was a huge dud, Nick. Uh, Jacoby Myers scored 1.8 fantasy points. He had one catch for eight yards in the, the week that I call for him to score his first and, ever touchdown. And just when Cody couldn't get any more mad at him, he goes and totally redeems himself. Oh, my gosh. It, I was one week too early. I think our listeners need to understand this and, and appreciate this a little bit. This guy had played in 39 NFL football games, 39 and had, uh, what, what was his career total, Nick? It's, it's over 120 catches. Yeah. It's like 1500 yards and he still hadn't scored a touchdown. He had well, thrown for two, had yeah, rushed for yeah. one, had, yeah. Um, had a two point conversion, conversion as a reception, but never a receiving touchdown in 39 games. And in game number 40, he, uh, actually game. Yeah. Game 40, I think is what it was, or game 39, he went 38 games without scoring. Um, he scores a touchdown of all things. He scores a touchdown that week, this past week when they absolutely shelled the Cleveland Browns. Do you know who threw him the ball, by the way? I know Mac Jones went off. We get, we'll talk about him later. But do you know who threw him the ball? No, was it Kendrick Bourne? Brian Hoyer, the backup. Oh yeah, Hoyer threw it. I'm sorry. Yeah, Jesus. the veteran journeyman. <laughs> oh wow, is the uh, one you know that what, Cody? threw it and sealed the deal. Yeah, you know it was it was it was a call. You were so close, and and I mean, man, the guy went 39 games without catching a touchdown. You were one game off. I think that earns you at least like a. 12 pack a spotted cow, right? Maybe not a full case, but Ooh, it's got to be. I'll pay the difference. Get me a full case. I'll pay the difference. <laughs> you know, I'm going to buy a case anyways. And oh. it's going to be bought and it's going to be bottles, not cans. Of oh, course. Always. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Way better. Well, Al said he'd pay for part of it. So I think he owes you now, right? Well, if, if you're saying it's good for a 12 pack and the two of you said that you'd both get me a case, maybe that's, maybe it's worth one case. Yeah. Well, I'll run well, over and we'll drink it together. How about that? Uh, absolutely. I'll what. When I get a chance here next week, I will, uh, I'll run out. Well, maybe not next week after Thanksgiving, I'll run over to, uh, Hudson and pick you up a case of spotted cow, Cody. Actually, wait, I'm going to Wisconsin this weekend. What am I talking about? I'll just get it this weekend. You're in Ooh, luck. Now I'm excited. 
Now I'm excited. Yeah. I got to make another call before this weekend so that you can maybe pick up another one. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, we'll, we'll think about that and we'll, uh, we'll get something earlier later on here in the episode. Then. Perfect. Um, real, real quick. I know that uh, Jacoby Myers scored that touchdown, but they have graphics now, those little cartoon looking graphics. They got the names that pop up on the screen. They have the 4K cameras that go right up to the players. They did all that for Jacoby Myers and they spelt his name wrong. <laughs> Can you imagine the, the graphic crew? They're like, like, hey, make sure to get, you know, get all the players that could possibly score a touchdown, get all the graphics ready. And the one guy's like, uh, this is my job. This is, you know, I, I'm, I take ownership of this and he looks at it and he's like, I didn't think he was going to score a touchdown and he spells his name wrong. So there you go. Do they spell it with a C instead of a K or what did they? I don't know what it, I just remember it was mis, misspelt. Oh, people on, that, people on Twitter were going crazy about it. It was funny. That's embarrassing, man. Yeah. Someone lost their job. I hope so. <laughs> and it wasn't Jacoby Myers. No. <laughs> or Mac Jones. What a day. Uh, we'll get to that in just a moment here. We have injuries, top 12 finishes of the week for week 10. Uh, I know we weren't on for week nine. We do apologize. I know we mentioned that we weren't going to be on on Tuesday. We give you a bonus episode for Dynasty, um, but we weren't able to get together for the end of the week, which was a bummer. Um, we're going to give back to the listeners, try to get a, a few more episodes in here, bonus episode here, bonus episode there as we move forward. We'll, we'll get two in this week. Uh, but that's where we're at. So today, injuries, top 12 finishes. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the trade deadline. So your trade deadline's coming up in your fantasy football league. Uh, my guess is if it hasn't already happened, which many haven't, usually it's this week, actually, that the trade deadline is coming up here after this week. So we'll give you some hot tips and strategies, make some last-minute trades before your trade deadline is the window is shut down. So there we go. Here we go, Nick. Injuries. Yeah, injuries for the week. And we, we actually have quite a few quarterback injuries, uh, not a lot of starting quarterback injuries for fantasy teams. So I'm going to run through these real quick. Uh, Jared Goff, strained oblique. He's week to week. I don't think you're starting Jared Goff anyway. Colt McCoy, pec strain. He should be able to play week 11 if Kyler Murray still can't uh, go. Kyler Murray with that ankle injury, he's still considered day to day. The Cardinals are cautiously optimistic that he will make his return this weekend. Baker Mayfield picked up a knee contusion. He is considered day-to-day and should be able to play this week. Ben Roethlisberger on the reserve COVID-19 list. Uh, The Steelers are hopeful that he can uh, pass his COVID tests and be back for week 11. And Tua Tagovailoa, I can never say his name, Cody. I just can never say his name correctly. That's pretty close. Yeah, that's pretty close. I always, I always stutter at the end of it or something. I'll go Viola. Yeah. He's got the finger injury. He actually came in in relief of Jacoby Brissett last weekend and, and put he has the been... smackdown on the Ravens. Good. And put grief. the smackdown on the Ravens, which nobody saw coming. He has been announced as the starter for week 11 already. It was funny because I was watching uh, the pregame of that on what was it? CBS. And, and all of the experts picked, Uh, the Ravens by 14 by 14 by 10 and whoever the host is, I can't remember his name. Strahan was doing it remotely, but he said, Oh, you know, every time it's a unanimous decision, something happens. And Strahan laughed at him and said, Oh, come on, that's not going to happen here. And what happens? Miami goes and and upsets Baltimore in a game that nobody saw coming there. But yeah, Tua's starting to look up pretty good there. 
Yeah, he looked really good. Um, I'm actually looking forward to seeing Tua play healthy. I know I, I actually made the joke that he was Mr. Potato Head coming into the league. He had all these injuries and surgeries, and I was like, this guy's coming into the league. He's going to be missing an ear, missing a leg, missing an arm. <laughs> like, literally, if you have a kid and you have a Mr. Potato Head or Mrs. Potato Head, you know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's exactly what I thought, and I made the joke that that's what he, he is coming into the league. And it's still been the case. Like, he shows up every week, and he's missing an, he's missing an ear. He's missing his eyes. He's missing the mouth, missing the mustache, you know, whatever it may be. But it, uh, it's fun. I, I think that Tua's a great quarterback. If they uh, can keep him healthy and protect him, the Miami offensive line is, I think, the worst in the league. Next. Terrible. Um, Terrible. Like, I think uh, I, I did hear a stat. I think three of their offensive linemen have the top three allowed uh, pass rushes at uh, as far as like the worst pa- uh, pass rush statistics in the league, one, two, three, all on the same team. So not good at all. I think they compete with each other and uh, to be the worst, get the first pick in the draft, but that doesn't work out when you have two at quarterback. He, he looked well, or look, he played well, looked good. And uh, I think Waddle is going to continue to benefit from that. By the way, Guseki sucked this week he got zero oh. points he goosed you yeah Guseki. he hadn't he goosed me in my lineup yeah well we'll talk about that when we get to the uh, top 12 finishes because there's a couple tight ends that goosed this last week not just mike Guseki. uh but what i really want to get into cody is these running back injuries because there's some big names on here and it, they're going to be real impactful for your fantasy teams we got to start it off with aaron jones right green bay Right, yes, MCL sprain. I mean, his current timetable, they're saying one to two weeks. But you know, with these these uh, injuries like this, they can linger. They can keep him out longer. A.J. Dillon's obviously going to step in as the number one running back in that offense. What do you think of that whole situation here? Oh, man, it is. Here's the thing. Hate injury. Absolutely cannot stand injury. This year has been miserable for fantasy football because real life players are getting injured left and right. And it is miserable. It's awful. You hate to see people injured and it's happening left and right. Um, Our injury report list is way too long every week. Aaron Jones has been trending in the wrong direction. In fact, shout out to Eric Sarkla had sent us a video on Instagram and it was, it was just a really funny video. um, Yelling about get this man off the field right now. And it says when, when Aaron Jones pops one off for, you know, 30 yards, whatever the, the graphic said, it's like he, every time he does something good, they pull him off the field. AJ Dillon comes out there. It's been trending in the wrong direction for whatever reason. He's been getting less and less work. And AJ Dillon, many of us that have Aaron Jones, including myself, my brother included, I know my brother has Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Many of us have both. And it's miserable to have both when the guy that you bench scores more fantasy points. I, I get the injury happened this week, and that's how it looked. But in recent weeks, it's been pretty much, you know, that case where A.J. Dillon's scoring a bunch of points. Aaron Jones is staying pretty quiet. And this particular injury at least clears up the air for A.J. Dillon moving forward. So for many of us, we already knew that A.J. Dillon's one of the better handcuffs in the league, one of the top handcuffs coming in. Um, hopefully you already had him. If you had Aaron Jones, if you don't, and somehow he's on waivers, which I highly doubt it, but I mean, I guess I can look at it and I can see what percentage of 
players still have him sitting on waivers here. Um, as I'm pulling that up here, Nick, what are your thoughts about the injury and what we have moving forward with it, AJ it Dillon? It definitely sucks for Aaron Jones, but like you said, Aaron Jones has kind of been trending in the wrong direction. AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones have just been cannibalizing each other's production all year, which really sucks for fantasy owners. I think that as long as Aaron Jones is out and Aaron Rodgers is is playing, that AJ Dillon is going to be a very solid either high end running back two or even running back one in that Green Bay offense. I'll also talk about it later when we do trade talk, but I think that if I'm an AJ Dillon owner and he pops off this week, I might be looking to sell high on him. So yeah. Spoiler alert there preview for, for, for redraft, talk. right? I mean, we're talking redraft, for redraft, for redraft. Now, in dynasty. Your buy, your buy low window on, on AJ Dillon's probably closed now because I think he's oh, yeah. going to come in and produce and his stock is just going to go way up. So it'll be really interesting to see uh, how that shakes out. How about Cordero Patterson? He's got a high ankle sprain, Cody. Usually that's a multi-week injury. He's kind of been the, the Swiss Army yeah. knife guy in that offense. And without Kelvin Ridley, I mean, he's, he's kind of their go-to guy. What, what, you know, what do you think about that? Obviously, most, most owners that had Cordero Patterson didn't draft him high. They either were able to pick him up early in the season or they drafted him late and struck gold. But if they had Cordero Patterson, they probably been relying on him quite a bit this year. So I got to think this is going to be an injury that impacts a lot of fantasy teams. I, not only that, Nick, but a lot of people have traded for him. They have traded for Cordero Patterson, the contending teams, especially in keeper leagues where, okay, like we have some keeper leagues where you're trying, you know, if you're bottom team and you're not really contending for a playoff spot, you're making these trades. Like if you're a bottom team, you have Cordero Patterson, get him off your team and try to get someone who's worth keeping for the, the next year. So I think a lot of people have already made that change on their rosters. I think that those who are interested in Patterson have made, have made that trade, even in dynasty because of how old he is. Um, he's, at, he's past the 30 mark now in age at running back technically. And so people are a little skeptical of how much longer this can last. So people are buying buying high on him, at least last couple weeks they have been. So this could be a big injury. Real quick, Nick, A.J. Dillon, 67% rostered in Sleeper, 73% rostered in Yahoo. So he is out there um, on, on some waivers. So make sure to check your waivers for A.J. Dillon. And if he's there, I mean, we're at the point in the season, Nick, I'm willing to spend all, all of it. All do, of it. Do, do, what you, do what you need to do to get him because – he's going to help you for probably at least two weeks as a starter. And if he plays well, he's only going to earn more time in a good offense. And if Aaron Jones is angry, linger, excuse me, if his injury lingers or he re-aggravates something and has to miss more time, AJ Dillon is going to be well worth that priority claim. Uh, the rest of your fab dollars. So if you have a chance, definitely go out and do what you got to do to get, to get AJ Dillon. And I would probably spend the rest of my fab budget to get him. Yep, I think you you burn that top priority. You spend all the fab you have left, and there are four weeks left in the season, regular season for fantasy football. Many of the fantasy football playoffs will start in week fifteen this year, and then uh, that's after the first week after all the buys are over. That's one of the big reasons. Another reason is because we have eighteen weeks of football, meaning that we're playing weeks fifteen, sixteen, seventeen for the playoffs this year versus the past where we've done fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. 
and don't play in that final week for fantasy football. So that's a, that's a change here this year. Yes, sir. So yeah, that Patterson injury should, is, is definitely going to impact fantasy teams. I think Mike Davis and um, Wayne Gallman will see some more carries. I'm really not interested unless I'm super desperate. Not interested actually at all. Like both of them, I'm keeping them off my roster because Unless I you're don't like a want to 30 be... team league. Uh, yeah. Keep them off your roster. Like 12 team not... leagues. They're just, they're just burning up the spot and they're making you contemplate starting them, which is an awful position yeah. to be. I, in. I'd rather just start a guy like Tony Pollard and we could just leave it at that. Yeah, no, seriously. That's a great, a great comparison right there. Eli Our... Mitchell. Yeah. Eli Mitchell, Cody, this, this, this just came out and Kyle Shanahan even said, <clears throat> Kyle Shanahan even came out and said, I'm not sure when he did it, but, he has a fractured finger that he had a procedure done today on San Francisco is still hopeful that he can play this weekend. So obviously it was a minor surgical procedure. He just can't seem to kick that injury bug. Obviously if Elijah Mitchell can't play this weekend, Jeff Wilson could be a great play for San Francisco in, in that run heavy offense. Yeah, and we've been talking about Jeff Wilson for a while. And I've been saying, you know, when he was still on the pup and not playing, I kept saying to people, if you have an IR spot, there's no reason he shouldn't be in your IR spot if he's on waivers. You know, directly add him to your IR spot. Because when this guy comes back, this this running back room for the 49ers has historically, over the last, like, two or three seasons, really ever since Frank Gore was a, a back there. So I don't know, probably longer than three seasons ago. Um, ever since Frank Gore, this running back room has been all over the place. There are more than one. There, there is more than one running back that's involved. There are more models to feed. And with that comes injury with this running back room for whatever reason. So having Jeff Wilson, a healthy Jeff Wilson, and perhaps an Eli Mitchell who will miss time. Hopefully you can start Wilson with confidence this week. We'll see him follow that injury report. 100% Cody actually outbid me for him in our dynasty league. I was a little, I was a little bummed about that. Shout out to Baz for dropping him. Thank you. Yeah. Don't know what he was doing there. And then uh, Cody in our keeper league actually picked him up and I had thought about it. Didn't pull the trigger on it, but in my other two leagues, I also stashed him on my bench. So Cody and I uh, have our shares of a lot of, excuse me, of Jeff Wilson. And I think he, he gets quite a bit of volume if Elijah Mitchell can't play moving into that Patriots running back room, Cody, they got a lot of injuries there or have had a lot of injuries. Damon Harris with that concussion though, he actually practiced in a limited capacity Monday and Tuesday, but they're still saying he hasn't fully made it through the concussion protocol. Obviously, Ramondre Stevenson, and we'll talk about this more when we talk about the top 12 finishes of the week, had a phenomenal week this past weekend. But Damon Harris, I think, is still the starter there as long as he's healthy or at least the 1A. What do you, what, I mean, what do you think about that? Like you said, I hate injuries, but this is another one where, you know, when one guy's out, at least you get clarity on who's going to be toting the rock. Yeah, this is a tough one. I think that Ramonde, Ramondre Stevenson really proved to everybody this last week that if he's given the workhorse load of carries, that he's capable of putting up solid numbers for fantasy football. And the game script and everything was in his favor this last week as they beat the snot out of the Cleveland Browns. 
Damian Harris is a great running back. So when he is back, he I think he will take the majority of the carries back. Stevenson's going to resort back to a RB3 at best, like a risky RB3 where you don't really want to play him when Damian Harris is back. So once Harris is back, I am playing Harris in just whatever league I have him, especially if it's a 12-team league. And um, you, you can at least flex him at the very least. He's been great all year outside of this injury. And I think that doesn't change just because Stevenson popped off for a big week. Uh, agree on that. And I, I'll say this too, before you, I, Ramondre Stevenson is going to be one of the big waiver wire targets this week, one of the hot waiver wire ads. But before you go out and blow a bunch of your budget on him, I would look and, and check on Damon Harris and see what his status is. Because like Cody said, if Damon Harris makes it back at best, Ramondre Stevenson is a dart throw RB three or worse each week. And there are times when they completely just deactivate him and healthy scratch him and have Brandon Bolden, JJ Taylor, and Damon Harris as, as the active running backs. So before you go out and blow your whole fat budget or, you know, a bunch of your fat budget on a guy like Steve, Ramondre Stevenson, check back in on the Damon Harris injury news. That has a lot to do with what we just witnessed with David Montgomery before the bye. We didn't know that they were going to work him back in and, you know, yeah, he might still be injured. They got the bye week. Maybe they'll just play it safe and have him come back after bye. Montgomery came back, and I remember saying this, and Al's the one that called me out on it, which, I mean, that's fine to disagree. I'm, I'm all about it, but I'm going to take my victory lap when, when you call me out on it. Uh, he called me out on David Montgomery not getting the majority of the carries once he's back. And I said, Al, Khalil Herbert's been great, but he is a clear number two running back, and Montgomery is amazing. And, you know, he, he's going to continue to get the workload. He may not see that 25, 30 touches, like I had said, that Nagy was promising the world in the preseason, the magician. Um, but he is going to get his 20 to 25 carries, and Khalil Herbert will get his six, seven, eight carries a game. And that's, I mean, game one, where people are like, well, they might work him back in and be careful. He got the majority of carries. So I think that's the same thing with Harris when he comes back. Yeah, 100%. Khalil Herbert, uh, for the record, in week nine, when Montgomery came back, Khalil Herbert was on the field for 16% of the bears offensive snaps and had four carries, no targets, no receptions. So like Cody said, David Montgomery stepped back in was the bell cow guy. We kind of expect Damon Harris to do the same once he's healthy. These last two running backs, Cody, a couple of high end names. Can I take we, these? Cause this is like positive news. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cody wants to take the positive news. You know what? You know, run, run with it there. Hershey bar. <laughs> uh, Saquon Barkley is back, baby. Uh, ankle injury. He's going to be finally. Yes. Thank you. Um, he will be returning to action in week 11. Looking forward to that. Clyde Edwards Solaire also making his way back. Uh, this one is a little bit more like follow the news type of uh, report, but Saquon Barkley is for sure back. CEH is lo- likely to play in, in week 11. Daryl Williams has been a good fill in though, Nick, what do you, say about this running back room when CEH is back. Honestly, Daryl Williams almost played better than Clyde Edwards Lair did when he when he was healthy there. I don't think so I know this wasn't the original question, but I think Saquon Barkley comes back just like David Montgomery, Bell Cow guy, he's gonna take almost all the touches. Devontae Booker was not great filling in for him anyway, and he's hurt. On the other hand with the Chiefs, 
Oh man, I think it's going to, I'm not going to say it's going to be a split, but I think Daryl Williams, Daryl Williams is going to eat into Edwards Alaire's carries. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if they really kind of ease CEH back in and he's, he's had some issues with injuries so far. He's not a very big guy. I think maybe they kind of slowly ease him back in over the course of a few weeks. And even once they fully integrate him into great him back into the offense, I wouldn't be surprised if you're seeing like a 60, 40 type split on carries in this, in this backfield. I don't know. What, what do you think on that? Here's the thing. They drafted Clyde Edwards Laird to be the pass catching specialist on this team. They haven't used him like that since drafting him last year. And this year in the three of the four games, let's go four. In the first four weeks when he was healthy and played more than 50% of snaps as the number one running back on the team, he had three targets, no targets, two targets, and three targets. So he had eight targets in the receiving game in four games. He's, it's terrible. He's averaging two targets a game. And, and go ahead. I don't know. I was going to say just, uh, just think they drafted him over Jonathan Taylor because oh of his because of his receiving skills i can't andy imagine Reed. what jonathan taylor would look like in an andy uh, reed offense and you know it's Thank funny you. i saw i saw a tweet yesterday that it, it was a meme that said that imagine the chiefs with jonathan taylor after taylor just continued to jamal charles season. man like that's I, right right like that good that good of a <laughs> fantasy running back yeah and you are you are 100 right I, I i'm really glad you made that point because Everyone thought that Andy Reid drafting him, Andy Reid's offense, the way Andy Reid used a guy like Brock. You remember Brian Westbrook? Oh yeah. I mean, he was he was one of the first true like receiving running backs. Yep. And everyone thought, oh man, Clyde's going to be like that. You know, even more so, first round pick, everything. And you're right, they just have not used him like that. I don't know why. I I don't get why. Well, and then here, this this one is the mind-boggling part here. So not in, not including him in the passing game. Daryl Williams, since coming in as the starter. Now, remember, this injury happened in week five, and so Clyde actually received two targets in this game. But after uh, Williams took over, he had five targets in week five against Buffalo. In week six and on, he had four targets, four, six, four, nine. He had nine catches on nine targets for 101 yards this last week. Uh, we'll get to him in top 12 performances. That's re- I mean, this is outrageous. They just they had a guy they drafted to be a pass catching specialist. They get him the ball two times through the air a game to start the year for the through the first four five first five weeks if you want to include the injury week. And then you have a guy like Daryl Williams, who you literally are throwing the ball to more than five times a game. What is happening? Like, I mean, if they don't get CEH involved when he comes back, I, I don't know what to say. It, it's crazy to think. I mean, do you, do you think it has something to do with his pass blocking skills that they don't have him in there on those snaps? I mean, what, what's going on? I think he's in there on a lot of those snaps. It's just that they don't have him running a wheel route. They don't have him bouncing right. outside. I mean, sometimes you'll see him do a little chip block and, and try to angle up towards the middle of the field for a quick pass for a dump down. But, you know, Patrick Mahomes was a part of the reason why they drafted him because Patrick Mahomes wanted someone that could run a quick wheel route, a quick out route 
um, as a running back to line up next to him and just, you know, cut up the field five yards and run an out or just a quick wheel route around the outside, whatever it takes. I mean, we're watching Daryl Williams do this. Daryl Williams was the one that caught a touchdown pass, like, I don't know, 25, 30 yards downfield this last week. It was a great route that he ran and a great he, catch. Like he caught he the ball over the defender in the end. He zone. did. He did. And it was, uh, it was towards the end of that game. And it was the nail in the coffin for me against our buddy, Matt Soderberg in, in our dynasty league. So shout out Sody. Nice win. I, I always love losing with the second most points in the league. So congrats on that one. You suck, but nice win for you this week. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, Cody, I just don't get how they're using CEH either. Let's run, th- let's run through the rest of this injury report real fast. There's nothing real CD lamb arm injury. He said he described it as a Charlie horse, like feeling he's going to play in week 11. Keep your eye on, on the injury news for any setbacks, but he's going to play. And then just a couple of tight ends. Dallas Goddard has a concussion. He's making his way through the protocol, but right now he's looking pretty iffy to play this weekend. And Ricky seals Jones with a right hip flexor is considered day-to-day. Logan Thomas still hurt as well. So if both of them are unable to play this week, John Bates would start at a tight end for the Washington football team because everyone out there – actually, I do have John Bates on one of my fantasy teams. It's a dynasty team that we have like 85 roster spots. So he's on my my taxi squad. Yeah. Um, But that is it for injury news. Cody, I'm just pumped to see Saquon Barkley back as a, as a Barkley owner. Oh, I'm ready for it. Yeah. I think we all are. We're all excited to see what Barkley can do. Get those calves out there. Let's go. I know. Yeah. And keep them healthy, please. Fingers crossed, man. Fingers crossed. Yeah. All right. So we have next up our week 12 finishes or week 12, our week 10 top 12 finishes. How about and, this, Cody? Before before you finish that sentence, yeah. If you if you can name, I'll write them down right now. The top twelve quarterbacks for Week Twelve in order. <laughs> so you kidding. said Week Twelve as well. Week Ten, top twelve quarterbacks. I can't name them. I know. No, that... no, 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 no. No, my joke was that you said Week Twelve. So if you can oh. predict the, if you can predict the Week Twelve quarterbacks, I'll buy you even more spotted cow okay all right all right in order huh uh, um, how about that how about how about this cody we'll play a little game here um give me how can we do this should we just say if you can get eight of the top 12 right i'll get ooh. you a case of beer okay i know right. it's hard I'll, but i'll take it i'll it's, take it's it it's free right and and they don't have to be in order they don't have to be in order just eight of the top 12 quarterbacks Oh my goodness. In or should week, we do a different position? No, I like this week 12. Uh, I, I, week, I like, you know what though? I think that the most craziness you're going to get at a top 12 finish will probably be at the wide receiver or tight end position. So we might want to wait for that instead of quarterback. Uh, how about, how about this Cody? Cause I, I want to give you a chance to look at bye weeks and everything. Let's wait until next week. And, and, and you pick a position and you give me eight out of the 12. We'll do it. We'll do it on our next episode. We'll do it this week. We'll do it before our next episode and I'll, uh, I'll give it to you. Okay. Okay. That, that sounds good. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll do that then. So yeah. You can run through the quarterbacks here. Let's run through the quarterbacks. Yeah. Week 10 top 12 finishes starting at the quarterback position. Woo. Guess who's back at number one. Oh, let's do it. Patty Mahomes, (laughs) baby. 
Good old Patrick Mahomes, number one with 36.24 points, a full 10 points above the number two finisher, Dak Prescott with 26.34 points. Finally, Pat Mahomes uh, <laughs> kicked whatever bug he had or mind block that he had, and he looked like the old Pat Mahomes there. It was a fun game to watch. I will say that I expected a very close game between the Raiders and the Chiefs in a divisional matchup where the other two teams in the division had lost. The Broncos uh, and the Chargers had lost at home earlier in the day, one of them being to our Minnesota Vikings. And the door was wide open for this division to be blown up with the Raiders winning this game. They got shelled, man. The Chiefs look great. They sure did. Um, and obviously that Chiefs offense, we expected that for so long and didn't know what was going on there. Uh, Josh Allen at number three. So the top three is, you know, normal. Kind of what we think, right? Mahomes, Allen. Dak, Allen. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. But uh, number four or tied for four eh, throws a little wrench in things. Trevor Simeon and Mac Jones, oh both with 19.92. Yeah. Gross. Michael McCorkle Jones, your boy. No, I, that's fine. But Trevor Simeon, Trevor, gross. And honestly, they need to be starting um, Taysom Hill. Yeah. What are they uh, doing? I, 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 I don't understand what they're doing for both fantasy purposes and for just the real NFL. Team. Like Trevor Simeon is not winning games. So why don't you just give Taysom Hill a shot and see what he can do? I think the Vikings end up making the playoffs because teams like uh, Atlanta, Carolina, and New Orleans are just going to continue to shoot themselves in the foot with yeah. their dumb decisions. Uh, yeah, I just I just don't get it there. But hey, we'll let them do it. Jalen Hurts bounced back a little bit at number six, uh, 19.42 points. Derek Carr at number seven with 19.2 or 19.24. Yep. Jalen Hurts was at 19.42. Mix those up. Ryan Tannehill at number eight with 18.62. Our boy, Kurt, Captain Kurt Cousins at number nine with 17.46. Lamar Jackson rounding out the top 10 with 16.42. Mason Rudolph, Cody, for Pittsburgh. Comes in at number 11 with 16.28. How did that even happen? Because he looked absolutely awful in that travesty of a game that they tied the Lions on. I don't see this is why I don't like fantasy football some weeks, Nick. I have in my dynasty league, I'm playing against Vince. Shout out to Vince. And he is tanking. He wants to lose. It's the league that I've been wanting to lose, but I've won four in a row. So it's like I might as well keep winning. Uh and I am playing against him. He has Kyler Murray, who's hurt. He's, he has an injury issue at uh, quarterback. So he goes out. What does he do? It's a super flex league. You start two quarterback. He picks up Colt, uh, Colt McCoy, and he, and he picks up um, not Mason Rudolph. Yeah, not Trevor Simeon, but Mason Rudolph. Uh, heaven forbid he picked up Trevor Simeon. We got beat up on that one, too. But, no, he picked up Mason Rudolph, and I lost by two points. And Mason Rudolph and I lost by two points. So I, it just, sometimes you just can't predict this kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, and Mason Rudolph might've finished as the number 11 fantasy quarterback, but he looked awful for the Steelers. Oh, he's so, a, bad. Yeah. so bad. And uh, Taylor Heineke, former Minnesota Viking learned all his, uh, all those skills with the Vikings here rounds out the top 12 with 15.74. What do you think about Heineke Cody? He's kind of just a, 
I love Heineke, man. I love his story. I love the, you know, whatever XFL, whatever league he was in. And he gets his shot at the NFL level because of injury. You know, he he played that in that playoff game last year against Tampa Bay, and he made a game out of it. And that's that was the day I became a Taylor Heineke fan because of his willingness to fight and not not let down. I mean, can you imagine that Cinderella story? you know, to, to upset Tampa Bay in the playoffs or something like that. I mean, he, he looked great and he has continued to, to look good. He's a serviceable quarterback at the NFL level. I'm, I'm just concerned that they're going to obviously go a different direction. I'm not so concerned because I do have, you know, Terry McLaurin. We need to get someone I can throw him the ball and, and pepper him with 10, 11, 12 targets a week. Yeah. I always thought it's tough not to root for Taylor Heineke, especially when he played for the Vikings and, and you saw him a little bit. So I love that too. Let's move into these running backs. We talked about AJ Dillon at the start of the show. AJ Dillon finishes the number one fantasy running back in half point PPR uh, leagues this weekend. Cody, 25.8 points uh, with Aaron yeah. Jones out. I, I think he's got a chance to do this as long as Aaron Jones is out. Yeah, I think so too. I think he is a locked and loaded top 12 running back. No questions asked. You will find a way get him in your lineup. If you have guys like Jonathan Taylor, Delvin Cook, um, Austin Eckler, I get it. Those are some top names. You can't really bench some of these guys. But if you had, like, I doubt a lot of our listeners out there, at least the large majority, do not have three top 12 running backs on their roster. So you should find a way to flex this guy, if, if at the very least, flex AJ Dillon. But he can fill in as your running back one or running back two in any given week that he starts. He has the ability to pop off for another 25-plus points. Oh, absolutely. The talent's there. And the ceiling is so high. I mean, that's what you yeah. want in fantasy football. The ceiling is so high. So just get him in your lineup. Right. He's in such a good offense that uh, the ceiling is just super high. Ramondre Stevenson, I think we talked about him earlier as well, finishes number two with 25.4 points. Cody kind of said it earlier, though, if Damon Harris comes back, you really can't expect much from Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson more than a, a dart throw running back three type of play. Man, what Throw. a week. What a week for DFS. Let's start Trevor Simeon, Ramondre Stevenson and A.J. Dillon, and let's just go win this thing. Oh, and wait till we get to receiver and tight end. I'm sure we could find one heck of a cheap lineup. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Daryl Williams comes in at number three, 24.9 points. The all Big time, day for the Chiefs. The all-time thrift shopping of DFS lineups. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And then uh, if you do that, you can fill in with a guy like Jonathan Taylor, number four, 21.6, continues to play well this year. Wow. Coming into the year, I was kind of avoiding Jonathan Taylor or a little bit lower on Jonathan Taylor just because of Carson Wentz's kind of injury issues coming into the season. But wow, Jonathan Taylor has been amazing. Not only that, but there were concerns that I think it was a starting tackle um, that yeah. had been like number one or graded out as a top five in the entire NFL was hurt right alongside Carson Wentz at the beginning of the year. And pe- people this, are really concerned about that. And he had the same injury as Carson Wentz. That is correct. Yeah, so, so they, yeah. there were a lot of concerns about this whole thing. And this offensive line, this offense is clicking. Even with Carson Wentz, people can bash Carson Wentz all they want. This offense looks good and they're clicking with their, their passing game. Pittman looks great. Um, and their running game is outstanding. 
Absolutely. Christian McCaffrey at number five, 21.1 points. It is nice to see McCaffrey back in lineups, man. I'm scared uh, though, know, Nick. He he did go to the blue tent. They're they're concerned that he's not fully recovered from this hamstring injury. I know they said he was working it out, and I'm saying, why is he in the game still anyway? Uh, but yeah, so definitely, if you, listeners out there, keep an eye on McCaffrey injury news, and I hope you have Chuba Hubbard on your bench just in case. But fingers crossed that McCaffrey's okay. Antonio Gibson. Fresh off the bye, finally has a bit of a bounce back week at uh, number six with 20.8 points. You know, he's got that fractured shin. They say that nothing's going to help it but rest. So maybe that that week off helped him a little bit. You know, it's better better than rest, Nick. What's that? Going out there and put up 20 fantasy. (laughs) That's right. Well, I, uh, I got a text from my father. I can't repeat it on air, but I can give you the cliff notes. And the, <laughs> the summary of the text was that he finally sat Antonio Gibson for the first time this year and he scored two touchdowns. There was just some other choice words in that text that I won't repeat. Way to go, Jimbo. <laughs> yeah, so uh, my dad, who gets angry at the wind sometimes, was not happy on Sunday and texting me about it. So that was kind of entertaining. Couple of couple of first round running backs here. Ezekiel Elliott and Delvin Cook tie for number seven, 19.3 points. Zeke just keeps chugging along, huh? Yeah, good to see. And good to see Delvin Cook get in the top 12. Absolutely. Hey, number nine, Cody, Dearness Johnson, part of that all uh thrift shop team here. The dude has looked good every time he's got the opportunity this year, though. That you know, it's scary because they were down by so much in this game as well. I mean, they got absolutely shelled 45 to seven in this one. I, I just can't wrap my head around how good this running game truly is for Cleveland. Yeah. And Nick Chubb is an out of this world runner as far as, his, you know, how he grades out. And as, as far as the talent alone, Nick Chubb is amazing. But no matter who gets the volume, I mean, if Nick Chubb got the volume, if he got 100% of the work, can you imagine the weeks he could put up? Like we're talking like 30 plus he'd be like a Christian McCaffrey as far as fantasy value. I got, I get their different players, but still, I mean the Derrick Henry, even like those types of numbers. Chubb's another one kind of like Aaron Jones that I just get so frustrated with his usage. You know, he'll, he'll run so well. And then obviously Kareem hunts on IR, but you know, earlier this year or last year, Chubb would just be ripping off nine, 10 yard gains seven yards, just, just all the way down the field. And then they put Hunt in and, and he'd score a touchdown. Yep. You know, it completely, obviously it was good for them. One, two punch as a, as an NFL team, but it just killed us as fantasy. Owners. Oh, so, and, and to watch them on prime time will, will absolutely give you a heart attack. You'll sit there and cheer on, you know, Chubb will break off a big 45 oh, yard run. They'll rumble and tumble down to the 15 yard line. And he gets another carry and they're down to the five. And then all of a sudden, you look and then it's Kareem Hunt. It's like, oh, and, and then they'll throw it to Kareem Hunt. Yeah, it, it what just, is going just, on? Without fail. And yeah, Dearness Johnson's done really well. He, I think he's a great um, backup piece or, or handcuff to Nick Chubb. But once Chubb's back, Dearness Johnson's not going to be much for fantasy uh, teams here. The rest of this top 12 is a bit uh, suspect. Mark Ingram at 10, 18.8, back with the Saints. So. He, you know, Elvin Kamara was out this week. Ingram got some usage. So if Kamara's out, Ingram could be a good streaming piece. Matt Breida for Buffalo. Uh, 
we've talked about it before, Cody. Who do we start, Zach Moss or Devin Singletary? Well, I guess this week it was Matt, Matt Breida. Matt Breida. And yes. throw it in the garbage, please. Like, let's not even – let's yeah, not waste no. our breath talking about Matt Breida nope. on this show. Nope. What, Matt, it's not going to happen again. Don't worry about Matt Breida. And rounding out the top 12 is James Robinson, having himself one heck of a season, 16.4 points. If you got him, you got him in your lineup every week. Yep, I like it. I like to see him back. Let's uh, rattle off the top 12 for receivers here, Nick. <laughs> Number one, Debo Samuel. We've seen this before. Man, I love, I love watching this guy. I love when they play on primetime because my two, one of my, two of my favorite receivers in the NFL to watch, receiving players, not wide receivers, but receiving players, are George Kittle and Debo Samuel. They end up having to be on the, the same team. He, this guy is insane. He'll get dump off after dump off. He'll get passes and I mean he was lining up as a running back last night Nick and the guy was just all over the field and is crazy good he is a spark plug he he can move quick his acceleration's great but he's thick he just runs guys over it's so fun to watch him he makes Jimmy Garoppolo a competent quarterback all all Jimmy G's all all, all Garoppolo's gonna do is throw it over the middle to Debo Samuel or do a quick bubble screen to Debo Samuel and, oh, look, he just got you 60 and a touchdown. There's a reason, uh, by the way, shout out to Jared, who's trying to currently sell Jimmy Garoppolo, saying he's going to be a starter next year. There is a reason why they limit him in passing the ball. And when he does pass it, there is a reason why Debo Samuel has the largest and by a large amount, um, the highest amount of yards after the catch. So he's, it's just quick, short dump offs, quick screens to Debo Samuel all day long. And uh, they limit Jimmy Garoppolo from throwing the ball downfield and making mistakes. Free Trey Lance. Free Trey Lance. That's all right. <laughs> Give him a year of rest. That's what Mahomes did. That's what, you know, a lot of these good quarterbacks. Yeah, well, nowadays. And, and he needs it. He's raw. So, hey, look at number two. Finally, finally that big week for Stefan Diggs. 26.2 points. We've been waiting for it. No need to cover it. He's going to continue to, to ball now, out. CD Lamb, number three. You know, that's, that's just how it should be. Hey, by the way, six. he was on the injury report, right? His arm. CD Lamb? Yeah. Correct. Yeah, so just monitor that. I just remembered that he got hurt this week. Michael Gallup is in there, and I would I would flex Michael Gallup if CD were to miss any time. Just wanted to put oh. that out there. Oh, yeah. Um, to find a way to get gallop into your lineup if cd misses time but i don't think let's let's just hope cd doesn't miss time he's great yeah right now it's not looking like he is but i definitely agree with that tyree kill at number four so part of that bounce back chief chiefs effort 24 points everyone saw this coming right cody you had him on your your all thrift shot team kendrick Bourne at number five 22 oh, yeah. points. yeah yeah a play is for the new england patriots for those who have no idea where kendrick <laughs> Bourne is nowadays I did say his name earlier because I thought he was the one. I thought he might have been the one that threw uh, Jacoby Myers' touchdown when he said that. But <laughs> yeah, you're you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't think many people, uh, except maybe those real deep 16, 20 team leagues, started him. But if you did, good for you. Devonta Smith at number six, the Slim Reaper, 20.6 points. Our boy Justin Jefferson coming at number seven, 18.4 points. I'm sorry, Vinny. I'm still not trading him. Shout out to Vince again. Uh, Cooper Cup at number eight, 17.7 points. Even with Matt Stafford looking terrible, Cooper Cup continues to get it done, continues to get high volume. Hey, Cody, Brian Edwards, 
number nine, 16 point, uh, point three points. There are a lot, a lot of truthers out there. Brian Edwards truthers from the very beginning that won't let it go that this guy's going to be amazing. So take your victory lap. Let's hope that this continues. I don't know if it will, but let's, let's hope it does because he, he does have talent. I will give, you know, the truthers out there. He has a lot of talent. He just needs the opportunity. I like Brian Edwards, the problem, the, the talent's there, but the, the volume's not. So in anything but like a dynasty league, I can't trust Brian Edwards. I love having him on my bench in like a deep dynasty league, but at this point for me, that's kind of about it. He's a good DFS dart throw though. Absolutely, because on any given week, he can catch that long touchdown like this week and put up 16.3 points. The problem is the number 10 guy, Hunter Renfro, Put up 14.1 points. He also is Mr. Plays for volume. Vegas. Yeah, yes. big, big volume guy. Big volume guy. You know, Al, Al compared him to Cole Beasley. I think that's a great comp. He is. Yeah, it's similar. Definitely similar role. And uh, a guy that is probably still on some waiver wires. I mean, he, he he's not flashy. He's probably not going to put up the Debo Samuel 28-point weeks. But, man, he'll get you up. Nine ten points almost every week in a half point PPR league. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, real quick, I just wanted to highlight before you finish off this list: Devontae Smith does get Marshawn Lattimore next week in Week Eleven against the Saints. He has two big weeks back to back where he put up 116 yards and a touchdown and 66 yards with two touchdowns. I am hesitant to start him against New Orleans States, New Orleans Saints if he gets that matchup against Lattimore who's been a shutdown corner this year with even how bad their defense has been as of late he's he still continues to shut down their number one option I like that call Jamal Agnew at number 11 13.9 points I think he ran a touchdown in he had a long rush for a touchdown yeah if I I recall right Agnew is he continues to be annoying (laughs) I'll just leave it at that well, their offense is just annoying. Other than James Robinson, I really couldn't trust anyone on that offense, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah, Jamal Agnew. Um, oh, my goodness. Is this real? I, I just checked his stats. Do you want to hear what his stat line is? Yeah, well, I know he had, like, didn't he have, like, a 40-yard rushing touchdown or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Jamal Agnew has, he was heavily targeted in week eight. He had 12 targets, six catches, 38 yards, and a touchdown. He is their slot receiver. And a lot of people are saying, oh, like, hey, you know, they're starting to target this guy. You got to get him in your lineup. He's a sneaky place, a sneaky start. Um, he had zero catches on five targets. And he put up 13.9 fantasy points because he had three rushes for 79 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> what is going on in Jacksonville? Um, a dumpster fire. So, I uh, yeah. Like I said, I would avoid pretty much everyone if you can, other than uh, James Robinson in Jacksonville. This dude is on fire, though. He's had he had one carry earlier in the season, week four, for 11 yards, one in week five for eight yards, one in week nine for 11, and then three in week 10 for, for 79. He's averaging like 20 yards per carry. Look at this guy. Yeah, that is, that is pretty crazy. And, hey, Keenan Allen, number 12, 13.8 points. Mike Williams has been uh, pretty disappointing these last what four or five weeks. I think Keenan Allen's kind of back to their number one option in the passing game there. So that is our uh, top 12 receivers of the week. You want to run through these tight ends? Yeah, rip through them. 
get through the names yeah. then I'll just give you a couple of notes. All right. We got Hunter Henry at uh, number one, Travis Kelsey two, Mark Andrews at number three, Minnesota's own Tyler Conklin at number four, George Kittle. Glad to have you back. Number five, Dan Arnold, number six, Austin Hoopa at number seven, Gerald Everett, number eight, Tyler Higby at number nine, Elbert. Oh, because I can't say his last name at number 10, Noah Fant at number 11. So two Denver tight ends in the, uh, in the top 12 and Kyle Pitts at number 12, Cody. Yeah. So we have a couple of things happening here. Uh, good to have Kittle back. He looks like a monster week, both week nine and week 10. This guy comes out and, uh, puts up good fantasy numbers for you. Good to see Kelsey getting the receiving work that he's used to getting with that bounce back game for Kansas city. Um, I'm willing to start Dan Arnold in just about any league that does not include some of those top options. You know, if, if you're one of those teams that don't have uh, even Waller who has really struggled and I didn't hear his name. He, you didn't mention his name, right? Cause he fell outside the top 12. Yeah, let, let me let me actually find Waller here. He is uh he had a really rough week. Yeah, where okay. is he? I, I don't know. I think I missed him, but oh uh, yeah, 23. He only had 4.4 points in the uh, half point PPR. So rough week, another rough week for Darren Waller. Yeah, he just continues to have a rough season season, man. I, I I do think he will bounce back and turn it around here at the end of the season and be good for your fantasy teams for the playoffs. Um, but you gotta get there first. You gotta get to playoffs, and he's not helping you which is a stinker, but, uh, yeah, I, I do. I actually think Dan Arnold is a good play, Nick. Um, I'd start him over a lot of these other guys as Logan Thomas makes his way back. I would consider starting him over. Um, I would absolutely start him over Dallas Goddard, who's been pretty suspect at best. I'd start him over Zach Ertz. I yep. like Dan Arnold. He's getting the volume. Jackson Bill. Yep. He had uh, 10 targets in week eight against Seattle. He had seven targets in week nine and seven targets in uh, week 10. Dan, Dan Arnold, that is. So he's looking good. One guy we don't have on this list, but I wanted to mention just in case he got dropped because he was on bye last week was uh, Colk Met is actually playing a lot better lately. I'm not saying to go out there and grab him and start him, but if you have a roster spot you can spare, I think he might be a good stash because his volume is starting to go up too. But if you're looking for someone to start this week, and I've seen multiple people say it, and I 100% agree with Cody, go grab Dan Arnold. He is not a big name, and I bet you he's on your waiver wire. Yep, and he's going to continue to see that volume. They traded for him. Don't yep. forget that. They traded for him earlier this season with the Carolina Panthers in that trade. So Awesome. Well, thank you, Nick, for get, running through those top 12s. Hopefully you heard some of the player trends that we're analyzing as a part of those finishes. Are they going to continue to finish there? Was it a surprise? Um, those types of notes are really important to run through as we round those out. Uh, real quick, we have an upcoming episode here. We'll talk a little bit more about rest of season top 12. We'll actually analyze who is inside the overall top 12 from this season so far after 10 weeks and uh, take a look at who we think will stay in that top 12, who you think will join that top 12 that isn't currently there. Um, with that, Nick, do we want to save the trade talks for that episode or you want to hit those real quick? You know, whatever you want to do here, Cody, I'm, uh, I'm good. With, so, okay, well uh, let's give the listeners something to 
follow us into that next episode. We're going to talk about trade strategies as our trade deadlines approach in fantasy football. Um, just some strategies here as, as we approach that. Many of our trades are ending here this week, and you have to kind of fight for what's left after the trade deadline passes. You have waiver wires, and that's it. So, hey, and you, you guys know how much Cody likes to trade. So, you got to, mm-hmm. you got to tune in for that one. Come on. Mm-hmm. That's right. All right. So, that is it for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Can You Fantasy Football Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, C A N U Fantasy Football. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Happy birthday, Morgan. Happy birthday, Morg. We love you. And Al, go uh, find your way home, buddy. Find your way home. Yeah, we love you too. Bye.